welcome to episode 52 of the Circle of Podcasts. It is also episode one of season six. Brand new season, brand new format. Um, we're trying to keep the show exciting and innovative and really give a world-class fuck is my intention, uh, give you an amazing listening experience. And so this season highlights men who have made Circle Up what it is today, that has made our broader men's community the men's community we roll in. Uh, what it is today, these men are what we call the well diggers, right? They're the ones that have put in the work to become the best versions of themselves, to chip away at the man they've always wanted to be so that they can create uh, a foundation uh, for us all to thrive, for us to all be able to, it's, you know, it's the analogy of filling your own cup before you go out and worry about filling up the world. So if these men have done that, have inspired me and have actually directly contributed to helping Circle Up become what it is today. I have played such a small part in the growth of this community. We've graduated over eight eight week men's programs, men's circles, talking about integrity, honor, commitment, how to get past your bullshit and into the work, which is taking steps toward the men you've always wanted to be. So the men on this interview and this entire season are those men, they've dug the well. So first of all, um, you know, thank you sing, thank you for all of those men. And this episode in particular, I just finished listening to it, is a submission from two of those men. And extremely grateful that they put this together because it's really inspiring. The major theme of the episode is around finding and living your life's purpose, which comes to no surprise because both of these men are purpose-driven. And the quote that came to mind to me when I was listening along was a Jim Rohn a story. He would tell a story about this dog on a porch and he was there with his, with his owner. And every day this kid would walk by the dog on the porch with his owner and he would hear the dog moaning and groaning. And every day he walked to school, he heard this dog moaning and groaning and eventually he, he stopped and he asked the owner, he said, what's going on with your dog, man? Every day I walk by here, he's always growling and moaning and the owner said, it's actually pretty simple. He's uh, sitting on a nail. And the kid was confused. He said, why is he sitting on a nail? If he's, why doesn't he just get off it? It's obviously making him upset and irritated. And the owner said, because it doesn't hurt enough. And uh, the major takeaway that I got from this episode of the podcast and the same theme from that story is until the pain of staying the same till the pain of sitting on the nail becomes greater than the pain of change becomes greater than the pain of getting off the nail then you will remain the same you will remain bound and this podcast was inspiring talking about purpose and about living the life you've always wanted to designing a life and so whatever area of life that you see an opportunity to grow or to change or to take a step in a new direction, um, consider that area of your life that you want to focus on as we dive into this episode. So that is um, all I'll say for now. Please enjoy uh, episode one of season six where we highlight the well diggers with um, Schnell, uh, Yoshi, and uh, my good friend Johnny Lowe. Thanks for doing this. Excited for y'all to tune in and let's roll. I'd really love to share more about how we first met and the impact that you've had on my life, even though it was very brief. It was kind of one of those um, brief moments in time where there was a huge 
opportunity to learn, at least for me. And I, I took in as much as I could before you went off and lived your dream in Thailand. So to kick it off, I actually want to do a quick check-in. It's been a while, I'm sure, since you've done this. Uh, but to remind you, it's uh, your name, your sponsor, weekend, when, if you remember when you did your, your men's weekend, and a, a number check-in from 1 to 10 on how you're feeling. Uh, I can go first. So Johnny, sponsor is Blue, Nikki Blue, weekend date November 2014, and I'm checking in at a solid nine. Yossi, sponsor Yosher, um, May 14 something, 2000 something, <laughs> something somewhere between I, 2012 and it, now. <laughs> I think you came in a year after me. Possibly, what year you said? You did I said November 2014, so I think you came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably 2015. 2015. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. one two after. Yeah, so 2015. Um, that's like oh, six six years ago. Yeah, I guess five six years ago. And um, checking in today at uh, solid nine. Nice. So Yoshi, I know you've been traveling. You've been out of Canada for the past. God knows how long. I think five years. I've been I've been trying to chase you down uh, since 2015 or 2016 because I've wanted to live that that jet set life or live in a new country. Um, and I know you've you had a really successful business in Toronto, and that's what led you to leave Canada and and chase you know some new goals and new dreams. Tell me about um, what you do today, what you did in Canada, and why you decided to up and leave to a new place. So first I got to correct that. It's not that I had a successful business in Canada that led me to leave. It's uh, the idea of leaving that led me to a successful business in Canada. Hmm. So the story was, uh, I went through a heavy bankruptcy when I was 28 and I was out with a uh, personal debt of quarter million dollars after the bankruptcy. Wow. And Thailand, which I visited eight years prior to that point, remained a sweet spot in, in every aspect of me except for the physical. So I, when I was 32, I did uh, Landmark, uh, which really turned everything around for me. And I realized that I can still make a really beautiful life for myself. And with that new perspective, I started my uh, landscaping business. I succeeded in it really well. And as soon as I got rid of all my debts and collected just enough money to, to get out of there, I, I did. I, I didn't want to get caught in. I, I noticed that when I was making $5,000 a month or when I was making twenty dollars or $25,000 a month, there was simply no difference to the quality of life. And it's, it was just never enough. When I made $5,000 a month, I, I always told myself I got to make more. When I made $25,000 a month, I told myself I got to gain, I, I got to make more. And the feeling was the exact same. Mm -hmm. There was no satisfaction ever with it. So I really wanted to run away from that because I simply got what it was and, and I could not get stuck at that. Yeah. I think that's a big sentiment of living in Toronto. Um, I've met people from other areas uh, of the world that are from Toronto and they share the same experience. Like I left Toronto because it's a rat race. People feel pressured to work or live a certain way. And so it sounds like you kind of lived that as well, that there was this pressure to make money and that was not enough, no matter how much you made. Um, do you think that's 
a sentiment that's shared by other people you've met as well? Yes, yes, 100%, especially the people who are abroad. Um, I, I'm, you say the pressure, I never felt the pressure. I don't know if it was the pressure, it's just that that's what we do. Mm. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, we can call it pressure. It just like, yeah, it's just very, it felt very numb to me. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a, a great thing to touch on, the idea of, of, of creating the life that you want and what do you actually desire out of life other than, you know, things like money. So what was it, uh, if you could walk me through what, what your mindset was like, you know, you mentioned Landmark, I'm sure a lot of people have, don't know what that is, but what was life like for you before Landmark and what was the thing that shifted you um, or what was the biggest thing you took away from, from Landmark that got you into this new mindset? Before Landmark, I believed that life was a specific way. After Landmark, I understood that it was just the way that I was interpreting life that made it the way it was. Mm -hmm. And that it could be any other way that I decide to choose to interpret it into. Right. Um, what, so could you describe more about what that way of life you thought life had to be? Life had to be hard. Life had to be tragic. That's simply the blueprint from my family coming down. Yeah. We don't own businesses. We, we work for other people because if we work and if we own a business, people will steal money from us and we can't hire people to help us run the business. Right. So I can't be an owner. And, and in order to make it in life, I really have to work hard, which, which I really did actually. I did work really hard. <laughs> I, I, I ended up keeping that one, but now I'm planning to do it a little bit different. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's sets of blueprints that we grow up with. Uh, I, it's funny, I just watched something recently that they're talking about how some, some of the traumas that we have in life are actually uh, uh, embedded in our GNA. So that hmm. we're literally experiencing traumas that don't belong to us, not from this lifetime anyways. Right. Um, but... but this is more psychological blueprints that we carry in conversation that I tell somebody, you know, like if you want to make it in life, you have to work really hard. Meanwhile, yeah. I don't think too many people who like owns yachts and own super billion dollar companies worked that hard. Just not as hard as we think that they did. You with me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Sorry, the connection's not the best here. Right. I just think it's different. It, 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 it's different hard. It's a little bit smarter. It's, it's, it's different hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't want to touch too much on the bio biological side, but I, I mean, you might have heard of Bruce Lipton or uh, the other dude, I forget what his name is, but they talk about the biology of belief uh, or epigenetics. So if anyone listening is curious about how we, our blueprint can be imprinted from either previous generations or even- Joe, Joe Dispenza? Joe Dispenza, yeah. Another big uh, author in the space of the biology of belief and how your mindset can actually influence- um, your genetics or how your genetics uh, get activated. Uh, anyways, a different conversation. Um, and okay, so you shifted from this mindset of life has to be hard, that I can't run my own business. And now you're in Thailand. You've, you've been away from Canada for quite some time. What is the new mindset that you've adopted or you've been living? I've let go of the pressure. There is no 
need to exactly know what's going to happen tomorrow, especially in the culture here that doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So a lot of people like me who have taken um, uh, the idea of commitment and as the ultimate thing in life, if I said I'm going to do something, I have to get it done. It simply doesn't work here like that because the culture here works at their pace. And I have to adapt to that. So I'm learning to adapt big, big, big time. And it already shot back at me so many times. And then there is a task. And I say, okay, but we have to get it done. So I start doing anything and everything that I can to push anything and everything around me to get it done. Meanwhile, you can tell this culture that you fucked up because they can't lose face. So it's a very strange environment that I'm finding myself in where everything that has worked from before simply doesn't work here the same way because of the difference in culture. So it forces me to scale back. It forces me to relax back. It forces me to take a step and say, okay, everything is going to work out one way or another. Where in Canada, I simply could not have done it. If I wanted to get it done, I had to jump through the hoops in the world and I would have gotten it done all the time. Right. Here it forces me into a completely different being. Right. So you you develop the mindset uh, or the understanding that life doesn't have to be a specific way. And then you had your your sights set on Thailand because you need visited before. And now that you've been living it, it's kind of, uh, it's the the reality there that life is actually not the way you thought it used to be because that's their culture. And now you're kind of adapting your old habits and changing to to be able to to thrive in this new culture that you're living. So 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 I'm readapting again, once again. So the, right. so it, a lot of the landmark conversations are coming back to me now, and all, and fi- suddenly I find myself being able to adapt to this new way of being, where mm-hmm. I see a lot of other people around just constantly walking upset and aggravated. Now they get that they're living in paradise, but they're still walking around upset and bitching about everything. Right. Got it. So I think one thing that, that comes to mind for me is the idea of a, a victim mindset. That, we, that victim mindset means that not necessarily you've been a victim of a, a trauma, like you've been robbed or you've been sexually harassed, but that we live as victims by our circumstance, that we are affected so deeply by um, small things or even big things. But what you're saying is that it's more important to in your words, go with the flow or, uh, well, so, 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 so long as we're telling ourselves, I'm, um, so long as I'm telling myself, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm not being victimized when I'm being victimized. It means the situation is happening to me. Mm-hmm. This is personal. Like the world is happening to me. Meanwhile, I can always make a difference by adapting or by changing my own mindset. For anyone that has never heard of landmark, never taken it or might never take it at least in the near future, cause it's COVID. Is there something that you can offer in advice to get from old Yossi mindset to where you are today, new Yossi mindset? One second, I have a call. I have to uh, decline it. No worries. Okay, sorry. Um, the biggest piece of advice is to understand that we always have a choice. We always have a choice. We always have a say in what's happening with us. That's huge. 
it's for everyone listening. Even if we do, even even if we don't have a say and a truck is coming right up to us and we're tied down in the middle of the road, we can still get to choose to be in that situation at that moment. Which gives us a little bit more power going out. Mm. I'm gonna go out tied to a railroad with a train coming towards me, but it's gonna be the best last five seconds of my life. <laughs> Not the best example, but I hope people can understand that choice is a huge thing that we take for granted, that we, cho we choose what we want, we choose what we want in life. And I think that's what you know, she's trying to impart today. Um, that, uh, well, well, more so that we don't understand that we have choice. Mm. We simply don't because we, we grow up and life just happens to us. Yes. Yeah, so we grow up and it's like, okay, but this is just what it is. We, we don't get to choose any of this. As kids, life, the world is happening to us. We're the center of the world. Mm. At no point without Landmark for me in particular, was I able to step out of that and see, okay, I'm in the middle of the, all of this, but I can also make my own choices and, and navigate through it. Yeah, that's huge. And for anyone that's part of Circle Up or who's heard of the Circle Up program, which inspired the Circle Up podcast, um, Jonathan Andrews, the creator of all of this, he actually created, I hope he can, I hope I'm allowed to share this, he actually created Circle Up out of a landmark course. So it just, it's, it's, it's a great thing. To, this is totally not a paid sponsorship by them, but it's impacted <laughs> a lot of us in different ways. So I just wanted to share what the opportunity is once it's back up and running, if COVID ever ends. Um, so I'd love to rewind a little bit because I think this story, I've shared this with everyone I've talked to when it comes to per, my personal development journey. And it's, it comes down to when we first met and what you contributed to me as, uh, as, a, as a human being, as a man, as a leader. And my story started in 2000, I think 16, when Yoshi had just recently joined a men's team that I was on. And in that men's team, you know, we can bring uh, our shit. We can talk about life in a mask down environment, but it's a masculine environment. And the thing that I brought to my team on that night uh, was I'm feeling unmotivated. I'm living the life that I thought I wanted, uh, doing video production full time, coming from an engineering background and from an Asian family. Going into video production is kind of jarring for my parents. So like, you know, you left a great paying job or career, you're doing video. And so I'm like, okay, but at least I'm happy making no money. But five years in making no money, you know, it's, it started to dawn on me like, hey, I'm not happy. I'm unmotivated. I don't wanna wake up in the morning. And I brought this to my team. And I think, do you remember what happened that night, Yossi? Not in particular. <laughs> okay, I remember it because it was huge for me. But um, I, I may have been standing to the right of you and ripping out at you at some point, most likely. <laughs> that's, that, that's why I love Yossi, because he has, sometimes he's just ruthless. We call it ruthless compassion. So uh, he and the rest of the team dug into me. And at the end of that conversation, Yossi volunteered and said, I'm, let's get on a call uh, and I'm going to inspect you or help you uh, discover um, your life purpose. And so we had the call later in the week and on the call, he said, I'm not getting off this call with you until you write down your life purpose. Something to that extent. 
And I can't remember how long it was, maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hour call. And Yoshi really challenged me. I had never written down my life purpose in any form. I just had it in my mind. Oh, I want to inspire people. But what I ended up writing down, if I can find it really quick, was along the lines of, I want to travel the world through my passion of video production and create inspirational video content that inspires other people to live to their higher purpose. And he's like, okay, now that you've written down this purpose, what actions or steps or plan can you implement in your life to get there faster? And at that time I was doing a video production business, I was doing e-commerce and I was like, okay, how do I, you know, if my purpose is video, do I drop video? Do I keep video in my life or do I pursue e-commerce because it, it has more potential to make money? And then Yossi said, you don't have to be literally living your purpose to be moving towards your purpose. And it gave me so much clarity to understand, hey, I can pursue e-commerce as a full-time job, make more money. And if that gets me to my purpose faster and sooner, then there's no harm done. I can still feel like I'm living the life I want because I was torn. I was torn that I have to live my passion to be moving towards my purpose, which a lot of people get trapped in. But I ended up living my passion and hating it because I was trying to grind and trying to make money in the rat race. And that, that was in 2016, or sorry, getting my years up, 2015, I committed that in six months, I'm going to make a ridiculous amount of money and then fly to Thailand in February of 2016. And so I only made a third of the amount of money I wanted to. I still ended up going to Thailand because I booked the ticket six months in advance. And that's what changed my life because I was like, nope, I have to, I want to live abroad. I want to travel. It opened my eyes to that. I don't have to live in Toronto to live the life I want. And it kind of was being open-minded to possibility that things can fail, things can go wrong, and you can still find opportunities and failure if you're willing to get uncomfortable. That was, that was a very long story of saying that my conversation with Yossi ended up leading me down a path that I never knew would end up taking me. Does any of that ring a bell, Yossi? Yes, 100%. What was, if you can remember that conversation, um, I mean, what was it like for you to be on the phone with this really young, naive uh, dude that had no motivation or purpose in life? I mean, what was it? What was the, that conversation like for you? I don't remember the specific, uh, sorry, I, I do remember just elements of it because to be honest, um, I, I was on a rampage during those years hmm. and I was doing a lot of these calls regularly because that's something that I'd committed myself to. Um, anyone who ever needs or wants something, I'll be there for them, whether I know them or not. I, that was just a commitment that I made of uh, being there for other human beings. Hmm. Um, the, the, the common associated feeling that I had with in all the calls is that I really, really, really want to get through to them, hmm. to let them understand that they do choice that they're being open to it it's just a matter of choosing to go down that path and actually walking down that path mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot more intricacies in between and 
you had a lot of the skill sets because you've done some courses, mainly speaking about Landmark, um, which which help a lot in taking away the, uh, removing the clutter and giving you a lot of tools to be able to move forward with your choices. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the common associated feeling that I've always had during those calls and during these conversations that I really, really, really want them to have that gift. Yeah. And so I get this. And sense. I do remember being extremely impressed when you came back with your, uh, like a, a few months down uh, down the road, you came back with your sales and those ring ideas. I'm like, what is he doing? Wait a second, but it's working. <laughs> that, that, that I remember in my head very well. Yeah. So the backstory of that was at that time, e-commerce was not a thing for me. I was still doing video production, weddings, corporate stuff full time with my business partner, Vance. And he came up with this radical idea like, oh, our friends are making $5,000 US and <clears throat> selling random stuff on Amazon. Let's start an Amazon business. And in September, I was like, why did I quit my engineering job to be become a video producer and then quit video production, which is my passion, to start selling on Amazon? And so that's right when we had our conversation and I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's just, if e-commerce is going to make me more money and put me up in a place, that's why, that's why I'm here now in Malaysia because of e-commerce. Um, if, it, if it has that potential, okay, fuck video for now. Let's just put it on hold and just see where it can take me. And then I launched these silicone wedding rings in two months, had my product up on amazon.com. And by March, we were in uh, Malaysia, Thailand, and we had already broken even on a $15,000 US investment. So I think that was the update I might have given you. <laughs> so I, I remember I, I remember those numbers, and that goes back to me still having to work hard to make it. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> Trust me, I did not have fifteen thousand dollars US at the time, but I was like, fuck it, let's just let's just take the risk. Like if if I'm gonna take a huge bet, I'm just gonna do it now. And um, uh, the fuck it conversation. The fucking conversation, yes. It's a very important conversation in the men's circle. Um, well, we can save that for another time. Um, so on this conversation about purpose and, and how even writing it down for me was something so foreign and knowing that I could aim for it, fail, but still pick up the pieces of what I'd learned and continue on. And that purpose has gone through some iterations, but it's mostly stayed the same traveling, pursuing video as a passion and using that as a medium to inspire the people. That's the core of my purpose, my life purpose. Um, but I would love to hear what your purpose is and why, you know, to, you were able to have that conversation with me because you, I'm sure you have one for yourself and you've also experienced failure. And despite those failures, you still pick yourself up and continued on. So one, I'd be curious to know what your purpose is and, and how it's kept you uh, aligned and driven despite, you know, things that have happened to you. It changes and it morphs. There is a bottom line purpose of making a difference for people. That's a common denominator in most of the things that I do. Um, and I've never, con a lot of times people ask me why don't you do that and actually charge and I've never seen that as a right thing to charge for because I see that it's pretty much a right for everyone to have 
that to have the ability to do something with themselves and for themselves uh, should they choose to. So I'd always given my all and all the time that I had and didn't have, even when I was working 15, 16 hour days, at the end of the day, if there was somebody who needed to talk about something, our, our conversation could have also been scheduled after a 15, 16 hour day. And I was always there for that and always will be, whether I know the person or not. Um, I always had smaller purposes to make enough money so I can escape Canada, um, to really provide everything that I can for my family. But I, I, I realized that my perspectives about those purposes are changing throughout life. Just as I'm maturing myself and, and, and all of a sudden I'm living in a place where we just don't give as many fucks here. This is, we're already in paradise, you know? So somebody like be it, be it their expats or be it their locals, um, they don't have the same relationship with commitment and integrity as I once did in my past. And, and again, I'm finding myself adapting to that because I'm sitting with somebody at the beach and he says that he wants something. Then I'm starting to get into all the terminology of like, okay, but you got to go get it and you got to go do it. And you gotta... Like, wait, like there's, there's a sailboat in front of us and there's like people playing around on the beach around like, what am I talking about? Just chill. So the, my, my purposes are, uh, are getting redefined and I'm not holding on to anything with, with all the strength that I have in my life anymore. I, I'm, I'm working a little bit more on meaning of things, how, how things actually, what they mean to me. But the meaning has also changed for me throughout life. Where, where you know better than many other people who don't know me very well, that the purpose was driven so strong and that everything was so black and white for me and I was so aggressive with it, it's really morphing into a lot more gray now. It's, it's, it's okay. If, if it's not going to be done today, it will be done tomorrow. And if it won't be done tomorrow, maybe this person doesn't have as big suffering as I might think from not actually getting it done. Maybe it's just something they're talking about. Right. So what I hear but, is but, that... But if, but if I do pick up that somebody really wants something, then I'll just nail them <laughs> Like you did. Like you always do. So what I hear is that it's more about the fulfillment for yourself. How is... It's, it, I think it's about the standards. A little bit more about the standards now. A little, bit more about the, uh, a little bit more about the quality of all the things. A little bit more about saying no to certain things. Um, uh... Jordan Peterson. So I'm, I'm a fan of some things. I'm not, uh, and, and not of some others. Um, but he, he was talking about, it's not necessarily about being happy. It, it's about doing what you got to do. So it's becoming a little bit more about that because I'm sitting on a beach. If I'm not happy here, then I'm just like really screwed already. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit more about doing what's, what we got to do. Um, that also changes throughout life. So to say that there's a particular purpose, I found myself a beautiful purpose and a lot of meaning in a project that I'm working on now. Um, is that going to be the same in five to 10 years? Now I understand that it won't. 10 years ago, when I started my landscaping business, I, I thought that the purpose that I had at the time, which is to make a lot of money and to be able to work on all these projects and to be able to help all the people and make all the difference in the world, I thought that was the ultimate purpose. And and how can the ultimate ever change? Mm. 
And now, but it's changed. It softens. Yeah. So I think the, the big takeaway here is that having a purpose can give you um, clarity, but at the same time, we don't have to be attached to one thing that we can adapt, we can change with our purpose. It's not, it's like trying on a piece of clothing. Sometimes, you know, it gets worn out, it gets old, you want to try something new, there's no harm in that. But how does that, it's, it's not the end, uh, end all be all, it's how does that, how does it impact your life and how does it help you to live the life that you want? Precisely. And, and, and next time when my uh, thoughts are all over the place, I'll just come to you and I'll, I'll spill them out to you and you'll put it into perspective <laughs> for me. That's what I'd like to think I'm here for. I'm trying to be inspired by the way that Jonathan Andrews uh, guided my thoughts along when he did things with me. Um, so I'd love to also dig into um, the nine to five, escaping the nine to five, because I think that a lot of people that listen are, are living that. And there's nothing wrong, you know, nothing wrong with having a corporate job, nothing wrong with uh, going home and, and, and being with your family and living a very, um, uh, I don't want to say standard or ordinary, but that's the only words that come to my mind. It's like a, a cookie cutter life. That's great. If you're happy with that, then that's the life for you. But I'm, I'm talking more to the people that are living the nine to five, but are complaining in their heads. Um, and they're like, oh man, I wish it could be different. I wish I could go travel. I hate my job. What am I doing here? Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on how people in that mindset state can either shift their mindset or live the life they want in a better way. So a little bit of background, I, I, I never had a nine to five in my life. I, I don't remember ever having a nine to five. I remember doing deliveries in the middle of the night. I remember working 48 hours in a row when it was a snowstorm. I, I remember doing 15, 16 hour days regularly when I was doing landscaping. I remember owning a bakery at some point and doing three days in a row. And my mom came to me at 3 a.m. with coffee. I'm like, mom, I don't drink coffee. It's like, just take a sip. And all of a sudden, God appears in front of my eyes. So I remember, like, like for me, it was a really big roller coaster with hours all the time and with uh, work conditions and work environments. Um, but I understand the question you're asking, and it's very true. If it's if it's not an issue for someone in their head and they're enjoying life and they feel fulfilled, or they don't even need to feel fulfilled, but if, if they're just enjoying life and they're not in the head that they're stuck, then it's fine. If they are in their head that they're stuck then they got to start getting into a lot of conversations and doing whatever they have to do until they actually get out of that situation and get enough perspective and talk to people like us and go take courses and do simply do whatever they have to do to get out of that situation. Because otherwise you wake up one day and you're 65 and it's all past. <laughs> and then have you had people approach you and ask you like, Hey, how did, you know, what is it like? Um, I want to be, I want to live like you on our travel and, and live abroad. How do you respond to that? Cause I've also had a lot of people ask me that curious to know what, what you say to them or how you help them. Not recently at all, because I live amongst people like myself now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm sure when you first left um, Canada. When I first left Canada, or when I was about to leave, um, it was funny because again, I, I just got myself to a situation where I covered my debts and collected enough to, to get out of the country. 
And I was talking to a lot of people who were sitting on million dollar properties and a lot of people who had a lot, a lot of money. And like, how do you do that? How are you not scared? And what I was bringing to the conversation is that I was scared not to. I still had my fears just like they had. For them, the idea of leaving everything that they know was scary. For me, the idea to not leave all of it and to stay in that for the rest of my life was really scary. I had a conversation with, uh, with Yosho, with my sponsor. It's like, wow, I, I can't believe you're actually leaving. That was like a few months before I was leaving. We're walking around, uh, around one of the neighborhoods. I'm like, Mike, you know, like I, I, I'm terrified of the thought that I know exactly what my son's life is going to look like. And that's a big factor for me in life, that like uh, the predictability, there's simply no growth for me in it. And today, I don't know what my son's life is going to look like. He's dealing with a completely different environment than we have ever known. And, and it's morphing him into something really, really beautiful, the way that I'm seeing it, the way that me and my wife see um, and my wife and I see it. But I definitely don't know what it's, what it's going to look like for him. And that is living because we can navigate through this. For me, waking up at seven or eight and be it going nine to five or be it going for 15 16 hour day of work there's nothing nothing to navigate for it's uh, through it's simply uh autopilot and life passes by mm. people people always say now when i talk to them uh, from from back home the the nine to fivers or the um the ones who are scared to leave they're saying that life passes by fast that they just blinked and all of a sudden their kids are 10 years old mm-hmm. no no we get full awareness here we, we, get to, we get to navigate life right now. We get to experience every single moment. We get so many of these moments that uh, in, in, in Canada, we only got during the summer on a patio at some point uh, before the, the season was over. And we only got it once or twice when we went to the Caribbean. We get that every single day, all day long here. We get to experience each other. We have the time for it. We have the mindset for it. Right. So it's 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 time always passes at the same pace, but when we're not dealing with our fears and we're not dealing with our emotions, I think time just flies by us and we're not noticing it because we're our head our head and our mind is elsewhere. Yeah. And I can confirm that I've had a very similar experience after leaving Canada. Not not that there's anything wrong with Canada, but um, I think you know, you, you said it very well that you had this fear of not leaving. And I've never identified it as that way. I think that maybe it's unique to personalities like ours um, or people that tend to leave Canada, but I've never described it that way. I always thought that, you know, it's not, I'm not driven by fear, but in fact, you know, know, being open-minded, I'm willing to admit that that was the case. Um, It it, it is still a fear within itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting that people think like, oh, you're so fearless for leaving Canada, but you know, based on what we're talking about here, no, I was fear. I had a fear of staying in Canada and, and missing out on that opportunity. So, not that it's just kind of imparting that life is not all rosy. And you know, for people that you think are traveling and living the life, we're all driven by something. Oftentimes, it's fear. You just choose your fear. But um, on the other side of of that conversation is the level of gratitude and ownership that I think it's important for people to understand. You don't have to leave Canada to have that. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, you know, I want to live a more fulfilling life. I don't want to my life to pass by. For people that want to stay in Canada and love the life that they have, the nine to five, 
um, yeah, how can how can you, how do you think people can inject more uh, something more fulfilling or something more uh, more gratitude into their lives? How do people have that if they're not willing to travel more than twice a year to the Caribbean? Travel, traveling is a big thing for you and I, maybe. Uh, seeing different environments and being challenged by them uh, or just in, just enjoying them is that's the thing for us. I, I, at some point, I remember meeting somebody in their 20s and they said they've never left uh, Ontario. Wow. And I was sure that they were just kidding me. And like for a long time, I, I couldn't understand that they were actually serious about it. Um, again, there, there's nothing wrong with it. And I, I think that... I, I was born in Israel, so I came to Canada when I was 11. I never made peace with the winter. I never learned to enjoy Canada for what it is. Well, let's say Ontario, because Canada is just a huge country. I remember people from uh, friends from Israel were asking me, so how's Canada? I'm like, I can tell you how is Toronto, but Canada is just a big place. Like we, at the same time that it takes us to cross Canada on a flight, we can almost fly to the other side of the, the world. Canada is a beautiful place to live in if you know how to enjoy what's there. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like people who love winter sports, the winter doesn't bother them. For me, the winter was a big, big suffering. Um, a, a, a lot of people can just step away from, uh, from the, the hassle and the rat race and really just enjoy Canada for a lot of the nature. So again, all that is fine. The only issue arises is when people are not okay or not happy with where they are in, inside their own heads. And then everything, like we're saying, time starts to pass by faster and you're not really present to what's actually happening. Right. So I guess the question for people listening, if you're in that mindset, how, do, how can you ask yourself you know, to, how to be grateful or, or to appreciate the things that you're letting slip by on a day-to-day -day basis? And definitely don't lie to yourself and just convince yourself that you're happy when you're really not. What That's would you, something to really question deeply because you don't want to wake up when you're 50 or 60 years old realizing, holy shit, what just happened? I mean, that's a really uh, tough question, I think, that a lot of people will be confronted by, the fact that they hate or dislike or don't enjoy what they're doing. But what do you think can come out of that, answering that question honestly? Wait, that, that is really interesting because now we're tackling all the per people who are not even asking any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I understand that you're, everything is good in your life, but let us jolt you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I come from the world of, I like to challenge people's mindsets. I do this one minute wisdom and I'm like, oh, okay, people want to talk about toxic relationships uh, or people want to talk about helplessness in pandemic, but like, Let's talk about the things that you never expect me instead of talking about um, uh, gaslighting, which is a typical toxic thing to do in a relationship. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about um, how you don't express yourself and how that's toxic in a relationship. That's what I like to do. I like to challenge people's um, beliefs. So, yeah, so, so, so it's, it, it's a beautiful thing, like how, how you put it like that. It's true. Um, one thing that I learned for myself is when I said that I always want to be there for people, um, I learned that suddenly like somebody says that they want something and I find myself wanting, wanting it for them more than they want it for themselves. And that makes it a much greater challenge to actually make a difference in their life. Mm. And I started scaling back from that as well. So yeah, I know I'm taking us back to another point of this conversation, but that was a really big turning point for me when I constantly realized that 
I want it for them so badly and they don't, they're, they're just saying it. They're, they don't really want it. And I'm working hard and I'm spending <laughs> my hours, but they're, they're really like, instead of getting out of that laze of cruising through life, they prefer to just stay in it because otherwise it is challenging and it, it, it is confronting and you have to deal with emotions that otherwise you would not have to deal with. You would not have to face mm. how, how to turn your back on all on, on everything that you know it the way that you know it your whole life. Right. So the idea is to empower people in the right way to be able to ask the right questions, not necessarily the ones they don't want to hear, <laughs> but how can we empower or how can you empower the people in the right way that they that they see value in? The, I'm not sure if that was a conclusion to what we just talked about or an actual question. Uh, a bit of both. Um, but there's one other thing that we also touched on is um, life passing you by and finding out that you're 65 and that life just happened, that you don't really have much um to be grateful for because it just whizzed by um and 65 is the age of retirement right the typical age of retirement for most people uh wanted to know is retirement a plan for you is that a word that that you know that resonates with you or <laughs> why is that why is that yeah i want to hear your your thoughts on retirement I, I have a good perspective on it if it was ever an idea in my head to retire at some point. But I I wake up and it's 9 a.m. today on a Tuesday morning and I have time to do this call with you. What retirement are we talking about? This is my life. The only thing that got in the way is that I didn't go to the gym at 9 a.m. today and I'm going to go afterwards. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know what what the concept. I, I don't understand the concept behind retirement. What does that mean? Like I, I I've worked hard my whole life, so now I deserve to rest. Is that what retirement means? Uh, does retirement means that okay, I've, I've worked my whole life and and now I get to travel? I don't know. I, I had some back problems before I get to, because I own my time now, so I get to work on it and it's actually getting better. But I can't imagine if I didn't, if I was stuck in the same situation that I was in and I'd be afraid to get out of it. And all of a sudden I find myself at 65 and now I got to be popping pill all days long just to deal with my back. And I just have enough money to cover my month. Then I still don't get to live my dreams. I still don't get to travel. I'm 65 now. I have another 10, 15, 20 years left doing what? Mm. So I, I never understood the idea of retirement. I was never able to relate to it. And again, I never had a nine to five. So I, I'm complete outcast from that, from that realm altogether. Yeah. I, 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 I do. I like, I, I, we wake up and to, tomorrow we want to go to the beach in the morning. So we go to the beach in the morning. Um, tomorrow afternoon, I feel like sitting at a coffee shop and doing a little bit of work, then I'll do that. It's just do what you got to do, do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that, that, that perspective about retirement, that we don't have to wait for a specific time. That's, you know, most people tend to say that's when you can live the life you can enjoy and travel. 
that we don't have to wait for that. Again, it comes back to the very first topic we talked about, that life doesn't have to be a certain way. Um, perhaps you believed in retirement at, you know, during that time, maybe I'm going to work my ass off and then I'm going to enjoy it. But now it's, I mean, for me too, uh, retire, we can have many retirements. We can go on vacations for more than a week if we want to, um, or wake up at 9am and, and, and enjoy as opposed to waiting because that's what we thought life had to be. Right. So, so, so retirement as we know it is an industrialized concept, not an individual concept. Yeah. Although yeah, a lot it's, of it's, people, it's, 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 although a lot of people back home tend to think that that's that's uh, kind of like the the way that life goes, right? Because somebody dictated that for them. Yeah, and so again, yeah, so that, 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 that's what I mean by an industrialized concept. Like we need a lot of people to perform a certain task. And we assume that around this point, they won't be able to perform it as efficiently and we got to let them live towards something. So this will be the point where you don't have to do it anymore. Um, there, there was that viral video that like shows life in, in, in reverse. So pretty much we start from retirement and then we work our last years. And that, if anything, and believing in retirement, I, I, would, I would like, like not to work for the first 30 years then go to school, then learn a profession. And when I'm 60 until I'm 80, you guys can have me for whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, my first encounter of, of that, life didn't have to be a certain way. And I think that's the theme of, of a lot of this conversation was when I read the book for our work week by Tim Ferriss. And where he talks about how, why would we work our whole lives um, spending the best years of our lives like 30s working our asses off only to wait till when we're 65 and possibly more tired uh, less physically capable and trying to do things that we should have done when we were actually physically capable and in the right mindset and so that really again that challenged me i'm like wait that is right why am i waiting till i'm 65 to like go to disneyland or go to go to the beach and i'm gonna be uh, you know I'm not going to be really interested in those things at, at, at that point in my life anymore. Um, and then, and then uh, I actually didn't think that was even possible because I was working a nine to five job. And then I, I broke out of that when I started challenging myself in different ways that life didn't have to be uh, a cookie cutter. Life is not a cookie cutter naturally, but again, we had a lot of industries that needed that cookie cutting to drive them forward mm -hmm. and everyone else got lost somewhere in, in between yeah so find out where if you're listening find out where you fit in and and what kind of life you want to live i guess that's that's the takeaway here um i want to you living the life that you always thought you were going to live when you were a little kid i think that's there. a good question i mean i wanted to be an astronaut or a computer engineer and kind of far from both of those right now <laughs> but no you know but, but i i don't think i'm asking from a literal perspective of what they're actually doing in day-to-day -day, uh life mm. but from the emotion of it when you were a kid what emotions did you have associated with when you were going to grow up so you'll wake up in the morning how are you going to feel throughout the day and that is a little bit more of the question that i'm asking because when you're a kid you don't think i'm going to be miserable because i'm going to be waking up at nine and then i'm going to be going uh, home at five and 
and I'm not going to be loving necessarily what I'm doing. You're thinking, I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to be a pilot. And, and, and that associated feeling that you have with that got you excited. Mm. So I, I'm talking about more from the emotion, not the literal uh, profession. That's a huge lesson there. And it's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How can, how can we live the life that we always wanted? Um, like that we always no. that we always thought that we always associated with that feeling when we we're little kids yeah yeah exactly it, it doesn't matter what we do but it matters how we feel about it so again if somebody's excited about waking up in the morning and going to do nine to five that's that's a beautiful thing yeah that's what i would want for for everyone listening that's huge so i want to i want to wrap this up by talking a little bit about the stuff that you're working on right now because you've gone and you've you've been doing you know even beyond leaving Canada, you've been working on different projects, and I would love uh, for people to hear about the thing that you're working on now. So uh, I did come here and I opened uh, two restaurants. Uh, somebody helped me out a little bit with that, but it did fail miserably. Um, a little bit due to me, a little bit due to COVID, a little bit due to uh, circumstances with uh, relationships with new mall projects that uh, that we integrated ourselves with. Um, but now, now I'm living abroad. <clears throat> I'm living in paradise. And my son is turning eight. And I realized that he is very limited. He doesn't have the same fun life that I used to have, where I have a lot of space to room free. I had a lot of recreation parks to go to. And my son has his bicycle, but he doesn't have where to ride it. He has his basketball, but he doesn't have where to shoot. Here, they cater less to that. The, the cities don't do that for the, uh, for the citizens. So it's a little bit more privatized. And the middle class here doesn't necessarily have the ability to afford the more luxurious uh, establishments. So I'm going to do something that will give access to more people. Um, it's a kids park. It's a recreation uh, park for kids where the parents can drop off the kids for a few hours and just know that the kids are safe and know that the kids are get are getting to enhance their skills in one way or another, physically or mentally. So essentially a community recreation park with outdoor space and indoor space for lessons. And yeah. The, that's what I'm working on, and I'm super, super excited about that. Nice. I go to sleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it, and and there is no no agony anywhere. It's just constant inspiration and constant excitement. I mean, even two years ago, or even a year ago, did you ever think that you'd be working on a project like this to build a park for community kids to come together and be able to to just have fun? So maybe if I would be making money elsewhere and I'd be able to afford all the little luxuries. Uh, no, I didn't think about it a year ago. But but what led me to it is realizing that even if I made all the money in the world and two years from now, my son is 10 years old and I have all the money in the world, he still doesn't get to do those things. And that still doesn't work for me over here. Mm. So that's why I'm, now I'm tied into a, a business that, yes, I do need to meet my... Uh, my day-to-day -day expenses but beyond that if i don't make a lot a lot of money with it it's okay if i just make enough money to get by it's okay i'm doing something that i'm passionate about i'm doing something that i'm excited about and i'm doing something that's going to make a difference for at least the way that i'm perceiving that um 
at least the way that I see that something that's my that my son needs, and, and if my son needs it, obviously this 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 demographic in general needs it, because otherwise they're just sitting at home isolated and they constantly rely on their parents for every single move that they make in, on this island. A yes. year ago, I did not think I was going to be working on that. No, absolutely not. And that's uh, that's a great thing about life that we don't know where it's going to take us, but when we're open-minded to opportunities like that, that you can end up finding something that really excites you. Um, yeah. And then, so I just want to point out to you know everyone listening that when Yossi is an example, a great example of someone who is, who is, he is who he is. And just by being himself, he is able to uh, inspire people or empower people around him. He, right now he's, he's looking to do something that excites him, but at the same time it empowers and inspires people in the community to live the life they want to live. And that's, I think that's a really powerful way of being that I hope other people can aspire to be like that, that if you, if you can be who you want to be and just people just naturally wake up because of the way you're being, that's what I'd love to see more of people in the world. And that's, I mean, there's this great quote by Howard Thurman. He said, ask what makes you come alive and go do it because the world need, what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I think you are a perfect example of that, Yossi. Um, I, I, I really appreciate that. You've always been an inspiration to me as well. But again, I, I don't, so, so, so that last bit that you said, it, it morphs for me. I'm not doing it um, uh, to have the result of people around me getting inspired. Because that gives us a specific um, uh, a specific measurable that's outside of us. Mm. It doesn't necessarily depend on us because I can be the most fulfilled person in the world, but people around me are not inspired by me. And that is a beautiful thing within itself. <laughs> so we don't necessarily need to be something that inspires people around us. We need to be something that inspires ourselves. Yeah. Sorry, my cat's trying to walk up to my interview station here. <laughs> um, and that's, that's, I think that's important for people to understand too, that we don't have to be this thing or a role model for people. Um, that it's just important to be yourself, that to be fully yourself, fully self-expressed. And that's whether or not it impacts other people is, it doesn't matter to you, but if it does happen, then it's also great. The, the, the smile you brought onto myself just from seeing saying self-expressed, yeah, yeah the whole expression. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's a gift. That's a gift that not too many people get in life. Yeah, exactly. And um, as a segue to the quote that I just said from Howard Thurman, to wrap this whole call up, is there a quote that really that you really love or you live by, Yossi? No, but the thing that comes to my mind right now is don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Famous words. No, no, the, the, the quotes, the quotes really do change. Okay. But right now it's don't worry, be happy. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Yossi, thanks well, so I much. Have, I have one of, one of my favorite quotes uh, that's tattooed on me. Um, what is essential is invisible to the eye. Hmm. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Did you read The Little Prince? 
Did I? No, I didn't. It's from there. It's okay. that, that's actually the third on me. Yeah, so. Okay, that's gonna go on my on my list of, of books to read. Awesome. Okay, um, Yossi, do you have Instagram? Do you have social media? Is there a way that people, if they if they want to see where you're up to or reach out to you and give you a thanks, how can people uh, get in touch with you if you're open to it? Anyone and everyone can connect me through Yossi Schnitt, S-H-N-E, sorry, it's Y-O-S-I, and the last name is S-H-N-E-T on Facebook, and take it from there. Okay, sweet. So for everyone listening, I want to give a great thank you to Yossi for his time, for the impact at least that he's had on me just by being himself. Whether or not he intended this outcome to happen for me to end up in Malaysia or Thailand, <laughs> I'm super grateful for, for, for everything that's happened as a, as a result of our conversations. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in. Brother, thank you for inspiring me too. Before you sign off here, I wanted to sign back in and just thank you, Yoshi. Thank you, Johnny Lowe. You too gave me a lot to think about, you give our listeners a lot to think about, created a lot of opportunity for inspection, introspection to go into dairies about our lives that we want to improve and ask ourselves the difficult conversation of, you know, am I actually living the life that I've always wanted to live? Am I designing a life? Right? Or am I living this kind of this this default cookie cutter existence and not saying that any particular way of living is right or wrong, and that's exactly the point is what do you want? And I've been inspired by Johnny for many years now. He contributed at the highest level in that first circle up that we ever did, that first eight weeks. Uh, he won the All In Award. We gave out three awards. He won one of them, All In. He chose a daily discipline when we first um, started and he committed to it the entire program and he showed up strong and showed up at his best and he inspired other men um, and now it, it wasn't surprising to hear the backstory of how how we got here uh, how johnny became a part of the man that he is today yoshi's example pushing him to find his purpose and to, to ask himself what he really wanted and then to see him go off and move to thailand and see him start e-commerce businesses and uh, win global awards for design and creativity it's just like um, incredibly inspiring and so i wanted to uh, thank the two of you for doing this i want to thank the listeners for tuning in i had a lot of fun with this I hope you men enjoyed this um, and i am excited most of all for a continued collaboration i'm excited most of all to continue to build relationship with with you two um, because my life is better because yours is in it